dim the lights because the box office preview podcast is now playing on an onstage blog podcast near you. I am your podcast opener, Greg Earhart. And joining me today, my co-host, the origin story of his one-star reviews is darker and grittier than even the Joker. It's on-screen chief critic, Ken Jones. Ken, welcome. How are you? I'm good. You're an opener now, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, who else would be? I mean, <laughs> you are too. Oh, now, this is this is a two-star pod. This is a, a joint star po- uh, podcast. Okay. This is a four-star podcast <laughs> with two openers on it. Let's, gotcha. let's do that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so we, we have a couple things to talk about uh, kicking off. One is before we get to this past weekend with Adam's family and uh, – and Gemini Man, I want to talk a little bit more about the Joker because I saw it this weekend. And uh, mm. Ken, we we all know you go see the movies, you know, almost every weekend. And uh, it's a little I bit try. more, it's a, right, it's a little more sparse for me. I got to pick and choose. And uh, I made I made time out to go see the Joker. And this what for me this was one of the more in, most interesting movie experiences um, in quite a while. And mainly because. Of a couple of things. Uh, one is before we get to like the villain origin story as it relates, as we transition to Maleficent, which is another uh, villain origin story. This movie really made you think, and not quite in the ways that you know a lot of the press was giving it. Like, is this troubling? Is this the right movie for the times? But I, I think. I, I texted you right after it. I almost loved it, and that's a huge compliment for mm. me. It was just a couple steps away. There's a couple scenes I don't uh, that just left a little felt a little short to me. Not not short in time, but just fell short a little bit of what I was trying to achieve. But most of the movie I thought was a tremendous achievement. And um, you know, I thought the main thing I looked for was I don't I I want to feel empathy for the Joker a little bit. I don't ever want to feel like any of us could be him and like, Mm -hmm. Oh, he just, it was a situation where he would have done what any of us would have done, which is X, Y, and Z. And therefore he fell into the Joker. And I think that they did a very good job of not doing that at all. You know, this was, was a very troubled man and he made choices and the way he reacted to those choices was a way that most people would not react to the choices. Um, Yeah. Let's just say, and my favorite scene, my favorite scene in the whole movie was him was uh, what turned out to be I, like almost an improv scene, which is after he spoiler alert, uh, fast forward about a minute um, after he kills the Wall Street guys, he goes to the bathroom eventually. Oh, and, that was your uh, favorite scene. That was mine. Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> masterful. Well, just like, you know, with the, the haunting background music and the way he sort of dances to it. Um, or at least, you know, he's not dancing to the music in the movie, but I think um, they explained, Todd Phillips explained that they actually played that music for Joaquin Phoenix, and he just started doing it on his own, and then mm. they decided that was a great idea, um, because the original yeah. concept was he was just he was going to like take off his makeup or just stare into the into the mirror and just, you know, look at himself, and I'm glad they, they chose not to do that, because I don't think that would have fit. It would have been the right or as powerful a scene as what they eventually chose. Um, but I thought that was illustrative of the whole movie experience for me, because I thought the word I keep coming back to is haunting. Like that was a yeah. very haunting experience. That, that, that was, scene was, was very chilling for me. And yeah. haunting is a good word for it. Yeah. Right. And it's, you watch, you just, you, you watch his whole transition, transformation, whichever word you want to use. And it, it felt natural and that's kudos to phoenix's performance and especially at the end i don't want to get into what the end scene really means i think there's multiple interpretations i rather honestly not think about it i kind of want to believe the movie end ends with um the camera panning away from the tv screens um like when they showed in the newsroom like all 30 tv Mm. screens covering the joker that's sort of like the end of the movie to me or i think the, the fitting end but um it's it, it really just it le- it left you very unsettled that you know here's you know Arthur Fleck who came to be this guy through these experiences it was a very well I I thought it was really well done best picture I don't know but what do you think this is I don't know if we talked about this last week do you think this is a best picture uh, candidate no I don't <laughs> I, I mean I thought kind of like you I thought it, it gets close to being really great. Um, 
but I think there's a, there's like you said a couple things that hold it back for me. Uh, a couple of things that I find uh, problematic or tough to to wrestle with. Um, I don't necessarily think it uh, is as smart as it think as it thinks it is either. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Right. I don't. Right. I don't think this is a smart movie. I think it's. I I think it's. um, I I don't think it's. It's thought through everything all the way, and I feel like um, it's paying homage rather uh, than trying to be its own thing Mm -hmm. uh, in in 2019. Um, Like there are a lot of nods to Scorsese um in this yeah movie. yeah and I agree and i tried to sort of block that out of my mind as i watched this just because i mean certainly probably at least half the audience has no you know didn't watch taxi driver you know because you're getting a lot of dc fans comic book fans going to see this yeah. i bet you a lot of them didn't watch it so i i think in fairness it, it's not fair to the movie to say oh it paid tribute to this that unless um I don't know unless it just I think I th- because it's a it's in it's a similar genre but different because it's dealing with I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, like, that's why I felt with a lot of the movie actually was I don't think it necessarily knows what it's trying to say. Right, right. And, and so I think that kind of holds it back a little bit. I agree, and I think I think the mixed messaging may have been purposeful. Um, because Joker is mixed messages, you know. All I, I think that's uh, giving it a little more credit than it deserves. But <laughs> I don't know, I, or, was... or wanting to give it the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> right. I was uh, one commentary I heard was I didn't I, I didn't pick up on this if it was intentional was um, when Joker's on the talk show with uh, Murray. Uh, I forget his name. Murray some Murray Franklin, right? And um, and Murray Franklin goes from making jokes to making political commentary when joker starts you know transitioning there and there's commentary saying that they were satirizing what has become of jimmy kimmel and stephen colbert and some of the other guys who you know kind of at least made you know half their late night show into sort of political commentary instead of just running jokes and i didn't catch that I, I i don't i wonder if that was truly intentional or not or that was just kind of fit the scene um yeah. especially at the time but Anyway, if you haven't seen Joker, um, I would recommend. This is a movie you're going to want to take on, like not just for water coolers, but it's going to make you think. And it's not. And I agree with you, Ken, what you said last week. I think the the hysteria over it that this is glamorizing violence is overdone. I don't. I mean, it is it is a violent movie. Um, it's. I don't think it's glamorizing incels or antisocial behavior. Um, you know, as a whole, so it's it's definitely an interesting. It's one of the more interesting movie experiences I think you'll have this year. I agree. I <laughs> I, I also think it's uh, like I said, I think it's a one and done for me. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure how much I want to ever revisit the movie. I, I I'm also I also wonder about uh, how long it's going to like stick in in like the public consciousness. I, I think it will for a while. This is a movie I really want to revisit. I wouldn't. I don't have time to go see it in a theater again. If if I did, I would. I, I would ponder. Well, the, I, would, I mean, I would, my, the, my question is: Are we still going to be talking about this movie a decade on, like we were talking about uh, Heath Ledger performance in The Dark Knight, or I, or I like Fight Club, or or Taxi Driver, or some of the other movies that it draws inspiration from? I. I think it's possible. I'm not. I'm not ready to make a call on that yet. It's still a little too fresh, but you know, maybe to give it a year. But let's uh, let's move on to the movies that came out uh, this weekend. And uh, so, so we should say, Joker won the weekend. It had a terrific hold. Uh, yeah, really yeah, fifty-five point eight million. Uh, easily won the weekend. Now it stands at one hundred ninety-three, which is a little bit more than two time, which is now standing more than twice the opening weekend, which is really good um, for most movies. And but uh, of the new releases, so Adam's family came in at 30, 30.3 million, which is a very solid number when tracking was, you know, somewhere in the mid 20s, low to mid 20s. So that overperformed. And uh, Gemini Man came in at the very low end of the tracking at 20.5 million. 
Um, as far as our predictions go, I actually swept swept the weekend. Yeah, uh, the the Adams family one was was a lot closer. Than, that was uh, very close. That was like very close. Well, I deserve to win that because you played shenanigans on. I your did, and uh, I didn't play shenanigans enough. <laughs> right, right. I guess first you change your number just to be, get closer to mine for to try and win. So it was, it was justice served to uh, have me win that, but. Uh, I came in at thirty one point five. You were at twenty nine, so I, I won by about two hundred thousand. Came in you know, closer by about you know, yeah, um, yeah, two hundred thousand. And then uh, Gemini Man, you came in at twenty three point five. I took the under at twenty one, uh, so I won that as and well. It was below both of us. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Came in at twenty point five, and so disappointing result. Disappointing, but I would say pretty predictable result for Gemini Man given the reviews. Uh, Adam's family Rotten Tomato is not very good. It's I think as of right now it's in the 40s, in the low 40s, very low for an animated picture. Um, but it's uh, it's the right time of year for it, and so I expect to have a pretty decent run, probably finish in the 90 million range. Uh, the next two weekends should be pretty strong uh, for it. So let's get to this week's release. We have two big ones uh, coming out. We have Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Uh, as well as Zombieland Double Tap, which is the sequel, we're going to open with Maleficent. Uh, it's expected to be the bigger, uh, the bigger opening weekend, and uh, and it's another Disney tentpole in the year of Disney tentpoles. Mm. So a couple of storylines. So, so a couple storylines. We mentioned this before. This is you know ironically or unironically another village in uh, a sequel to one of the first villain origin stories, at least in the Disney lore. Um, but and the sequel kind of continues in the tradition. So, Ken, let me get let me get your take on the first Maleficent movie and how the Maleficent origin story compares to other villain origin stories. If you want to compare it to the Joker, go ahead. You don't have to. Um, or the other villain villain origin stories of recent of recent past. Well, I mean, I think with Maleficent, uh, the first one, it it uh, was it, like you said, a villain origin story, but it was also it took the um re- the the reimagining or um doing a live action version of an animated movie in a mm-hmm. different direction than had been done to that point um and by putting it through the um the point of view of the of the villainous of the first movie uh, or the original animated movie um with with sleeping the sleeping beauty uh disney movie from i want to say the 50s um and, and so that was actually, at the time, I thought that was a good hook for the movie, uh, and doing something. It showed, I what I thought was something creative on Disney's part to uh, go in that direction. Um, I don't remember what it did, Rotten Tomatoes wise. I want to say it was like it's middle like 50. of the road. Yeah, yeah. It was like 50%. okay. Yeah, it was. It was about so fifty percent. That's about where I expected it. Uh, or how I felt about the movie myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was better in concept than in execution. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that's just. Uh, yeah. I don't so know. It, it, it felt like more of just a um, a starring vehicle for Jolie than than an actual like uh, um, you yeah. know event movie or whatever. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I thought the movie really worked as a star vehicle for Jolie. I thought she was by far the best thing about it, uh, about the movie. It's a movie meant for her and she really delivers. And that's not uh, really how it was. If I remember correctly, that's how it was really um, advertised too. Yes. Yes. And I think that was a big hook because at that time it was sort of a noble event for Jolie because she hadn't really done anything. So that movie came out in 2014 and that uh, that was her real first movie in about four or five years. Um, so and and she was still had still had, although she's always been sort of an odd um, an odd person, particularly off screen and with her private life and all the things you know the drama that had with her and Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt and all you know eighteen kids that she's raising Billy right Bob now, Thornton. <laughs> right? And the whole Billy Bob Thornton thing and her wearing vials of blood around her necklace. She's been she's not duck. Um, but on screen wise, she's still fairly popular. And, um, so, but she really works in the movie. Uh, I'm not sure the rest of the movie does. In fact, I really, truly hated, um, Char- uh, 
I never even say his name right. Charlto Copley, Copley. Oh yeah, who plays the king? And I, yep. I, I think Charlto Copley is one of the most overrated actors we've ever had, and he's truly terrible in he's, this. He's really <laughs> chewing the scenery and really yeah, overacting in that movie, right. which unfortunately can be said about him in a lot of movies. Oh my god, yeah. he's like so like he's he's uh, uh, quick tangent. <laughs> he's good in District Nine. That's how yes. he sort of got big thing but oh my he was terrible he was terrible at almost everything else after that yeah it's been Uh, a steady digression since (laughs) oh he was i remember uh the movie with him and matt damon um the the one where matt damon elysium yeah oh he oh (laughs) he was so bad at that again like uh, chewing chewing the scenery is not doing fair to people who actually chew scenery you know for a living um just I, it's just he never he, he's i think he's australian i think and he uh, does like one of the worst please. american accents you've ever heard and you know but anyway that's enough about him oh don't even get me started on like his voicing for chappie and, <laughs> and he's the luckiest team <laughs> oh eight teams so. uh. Actually, that wasn't even one of his more offensive performances he was actually yeah. like you know grade Tolerable. c as yeah. a murdoch in that yeah um but I, I think, but as far as the villain, the villain origin goes in Maleficent, again, it's one of the worst examples that I can think of because they really don't know. They really, it's not clear to me, anyways. Like she, she's playing both good. Her character is playing both good and bad in the movie, and towards the end, they're clearly making her out to be a hero, her to be good. Right, the hidden hero. <laughs> right, the hidden hero. And she only turns really bad because, you know, King Stefan, you know, breaks her heart, and the broken heart sends her off into, you know, permanent villainy, maybe. You know, I'm sure she'll be a hero again in Mistress of Evil uh, in this movie. So it's just really bad example but again it's as we talked about sort of the problem with making a movie about villains like hollywood's just not gonna have a have their lead character be bad the entire time it just doesn't fit the role and and to be truth doesn't really make much sense you know to do that that leads so leads to the second storyline from this which is angelina jolie we talked about her a little bit um what is your feeling on her as an actress? Do you, is she overrated, underrated, properly rated? Like, what's again? We haven't seen a lot of her this decade. Um, we really haven't. Um, no, we're gonna like, get a lot. We're gonna get more of her in the next couple of years. She's gonna. Yeah, be I, I, I was just looking at her IMDb. She's yeah. got a lot of stuff uh, in post production for uh, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, but what's your feel about her? I generally have been a fan of hers. Um, mm. I, I think that um, I, I think she's a really good actress. I think I think she tends to um, I think her talent as an actress tends to get overshadowed by her personal life, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Um, right. I mean, she's done some clunkers, but I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, she had a really good role in Wanted. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I, I'm a fan. Yeah. So my so my take is, I think she's underrated when she's just trying to be fun in movies like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, mm. and some of these other. When she's going, when she's gunning for an Oscar, I think she's pretty overrated in my opinion. But it, like, oh, like a Mighty Heart or a Mighty Heart, Changeling, um, The Good Shepherd. Like I want she, my son. <laughs> right, right, right. It's a little over the top, and I don't know if she knows how to modulate that um, better. So I, I, I just be, this is just me. It's kind of painful for me to watch her in those kind of movies. But again, want like wanted Mr. and Mrs. Smith, um, even like Lara Croft. Like again, like she was good enough and interesting enough in that move to carry a pretty bad movie. Both of those movies, um, she's fun to watch in that. Even if the script yeah. is you know, pretty seems like seems like she could have been. Like it, it feels like she, she should have been a bigger box office star than she actually is. Um, yeah, I agree. if she had taken, uh, if she had wanted it, like, I, I think she could have been like as huge, like, like, um, you know, like, salt. Taken, like, 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 salt yeah. is like the kind of role that could have been right. A three like, movie like the, the, um, the Emily Blunt action movies or the, mm-hmm. the Charlie's Theron movies. Um, you know, like those, those are the roles like she could have been doing as well. Like, Back in the 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 mid early two thousands, 
mm-hmm. instead of like you know Alexander or right. uh, <laughs> Sky Captain <laughs> of the World of Tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah, or taking lives beyond borders and like I, it, I I get the impression like she just didn't want it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Again, she's busy having eighteen kids, so you know, That's true. I mean, being yeah. being a mom takes time. And That's true. Uh, so you know, now that all you know, most of her kids are you know, I think her first one's going off to college now. So now that she's going to do Marvel movies, and you know, we may hopefully we get a return to that because again, I think she's a really fun fun actress, and I think she knows how to use star power uh, in fun ways, especially. I mean, she's oh, still only forty four too. Like, oh yeah, definitely. She's still got a lot of prime acting years left. Absolutely. So I hope she doesn't try and win more Oscars. Um, she won one for one of her first ones. I think it was uh, Girl Interrupted. Yeah, Girl Interrupted. Yep. So I hope she's satisfied years. with that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe she'll direct because uh, she I, she directed she's that uh, done a a torture movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. She did. Uh, I think she's directed at least two. Yeah, she did Unbroken. Yeah, she did Unbroken. It was actually pretty which was fairly decent. Uh, yeah. By the Sea uh, was kind of a clunker, I guess. And then she had a Netflix movie, uh, First They Killed My Father, mm-hmm. which I think uh, pretty was pretty well-reviewed. Yeah. So we're going to play a little game with uh, Angelina Jolie. So I'm going to give you a few uh, actresses that are like in her age range and sort of in her genre, sort of movies I could play. And you tell me whether, if you're starting a movie tomorrow... Let's say like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I mean, that type of movie. So mm-hmm. not an Oscar bait, not anything else. So this is what I was talking about earlier, right? Uh, yes. So whether you, okay. you'll take Angelina Jolie or the actress I give you. Like just in terms so we're of... we're playing a name game. We're playing a name game, okay? I like it. All right. I'm a big fan of name game. Reese Witherspoon. Jolie or Witherspoon? Oh, uh, I'd take Angelina Jolie. Okay. Uh, I would too, yeah. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Oh, Angelina Jolie. Cameron Diaz. Mm, that's actually kind of tougher. Yeah. It depend it would depend on the role. Like So Mr. and Mrs. Smith, let's just let's, yeah, let's I think, use uh, that as or wanted. Like that those kind of Yeah, probably Angelina Jolie still, but it's closer. Okay. I think Cameron Diaz is like underrated as like a versatile actress. I think she is too, yeah. But I also agree I would take Jolie. Uh Charlie's Theron. Charlie's Hmm. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Kate Winslet. Hmm. I can't see Kate Winslet doing Mr. No, Mrs. I can't either. <laughs> or, or, or salt. <laughs> well, let, uh, let's take, uh, just for this example, let's take like, um, what was the more serious ones? Like, uh, the changeling, let's just say like, oh, you know, yeah. she's an aggrieved mother. Right. You know, who's going through some trauma. Do you want her or do you want Kate Winslet? I'd want Kate Winslet for the drama, yeah. I think so, too. I think Winslet's better. Uh, Julia Roberts. Uh, Yeah, give me Julie. Oh, Julie. Uh, Angela, okay. Uh, And lastly, Sandra Bullock. Uh, Julie. Ooh, I take take Bullock. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I can see it. It's... I don't know. I'm not. As, I've never been as high good. on Sandra Bullock as okay. like everybody else. I, I I loved her in Gravity, and I've enjoyed a lot of her movies. But uh, yeah, I don't. Um, I, don't I think she's the one. Like again, if I was recasting Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I think the only two people I take ahead of her are Theron, are Theron and, and Bullock. I still think it's not. I, it's okay. not the perfect role for Bullock, but I think she's versatile and talented. I think. I think if if uh, I think. Diaz could have pulled that off. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't argue with that. It's uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's get to all right, all right, good, all right. So good exercise, good game. We're in mostly agreement here. Um, I had a couple more tangents on villains, but I think we're good. I think oh, since since our Joker discussion, <laughs> I think we've talked about that enough. So let's get to see or don't see. Uh, for this, we're gonna do see or don't see a little bit differently. I have not previewed what? this for you. You don't have to do too much more. Yeah, we're gonna do this a little differently. So, as we've discussed before, see don't see the big uh, weakness of the system of this very scientific system is uh, we treat all the categories with equal weights. So, we're gonna try something hopefully that's simple um, to calculate and simple to 
understand where after we give our score from negative three to positive three, how much we want to see the movie based on the actor, actress, plot development, I'm going to ask Ken and I'll ask myself what weight you want to give to that factor. So the default answer is one. Um, so if you don't say anything, I just give it a one and all categories have a weight of one. You, you can give an answer of two or three. So if there's okay. one particular category that has a lot of emphasis, like Sleeping Beauty, um, Sleeping Beauty, Maleficent, like Angel, like you're just in love with Angelina Jolie, you go see anything with her, you can give that a weight of three. Okay. Mm. And if something between you give a weight of two, everything else will get a weight of one. So, we'll, and then uh, we'll calculate our scores that way and uh, see what happens. All right. You ready? I guess so. I'm following your lead, man. <laughs> You're never truly ready for C, you don't see. But, Who is? Uh, I know. All right. Uh, first, Sleeping Beauty franchise. All you know about the movie is part of the Sleeping Beauty franchise. Uh, <laughs> C or don't see. If I'm going to you... say like negative one for that. Okay. So, so negative one. So you're not in on Sleeping Beauty. Not really. Yeah. I'm a zero. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty is not one of the more interesting Disney um, universes um, to begin with. So if that's all I know, uh, that's a zero. Uh, okay. Villain origin story. All you know is it, the movie is about a villain origin story. This is after uh, the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to go with a zero on that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm still. <sighs> My answer might change after seeing the Joker because again, I think I think that was one of the better, if not you know, top two, probably a top two villain origin movie. Uh, I will. I'm a little intrigued. I want to see which one it is and who's doing. It. I'll give it a one. I'll give it a one on that. Uh, Angelina Jolie. All you know about the movie is she is starring in it. Hmm. I want to say one, but looking at the movies that she's actually done and comparing it to contrasting that to what I've seen, right. uh, it's probably right. a zero. Yeah, I'm a one. I'm still a one on her because, and again, it, it does, as I said, it does depend on what kind of movie she's in. Like, and this isn't part of the category, so I'm not trying to cheat out of my answer. But if it's like a fun movie, I'm a two. I'm a two on it. If it's a Oscar bait movie, I'm might even be a minus one or a mm. minus two on it. So I'll average it out and give me a one. Uh, give me a one on that. Okay. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. All you know is uh, she, uh, she's in the movie and has a support, a supporting role. Michelle Pfeiffer is a three for me. Three? Okay. Yes. I am I I am a huge Michelle Pfeiffer fan. Woo! All right. Ever, yeah. Uh, three weight? I'll that. Do you want to give it a three oh, way too? Uh, I'll give it a. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> All right. Well, Michelle I was Pfeiffer say is two, driving you to this. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I've always been a Michelle Pfeiffer uh, fan. Uh, I am as well. Um, she's still she's getting more play recently. She uh, has, and I'm very happy for it. Yeah, I'm happy for her too. Still not enough. Uh, I'm at least. So. I agree. She needs to be more things. Right, right. I'm at least a... Oh, can I go two on her? Um, do it, do it. Probably just a one. I think, I think just a one. No, I, I think just a one on this. And, uh, yeah, one factor. Uh, Elle Fanning. All you know is Elle Fanning is is in a supporting role in the movie. See or... Uh, I'll say... I'll go with a... A one, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, that's right. She, yeah, I'm a one. She was in Neon Demon, which, yeah. Was she the fanning that was in? Um, oh shoot, that J.J. Abrams Alien movie. Yes, oh, that was her. Okay, Super Eight. Yeah, yeah. And she was good at that. She was Uh, really good. That was like my first exposure to her, and that was like she felt like an actress that was like beyond her years mm-hmm, in that role. So I, I, I think both her and and her sister are, are talented actresses. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm a zero. A, a, she's a good actress, but not really a fun actress. Uh, not particularly fun actress. I'm not saying she's not fun, but doesn't move me to the theater. Um, okay. Two more. Um, all you know about the movie is it could feature uh, like a scantily clad, like forty-something uh, year old woman uh, in it, you know, as is prominently featured in the trailer. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why she's scantily clad. Yeah, this, that, but... I remember seeing the trailer for it, and, and it finished. It ends with that, and I'm like, that is really weird for a movie that's probably supposed to be like PG, and is in fact P, rated PG. But like, I have questions. Like, like, is that how she wakes up in the morning? Like, she like that's goes. Her, to bed, is like... that her battle attire? Right. <laughs> See, I'm thinking it's her PG. Like, cause... like that's right. That's. <laughs> So like they found her and she's just like having her cup of coffee out in the balcony. And she turns around, like, oh 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 I didn't I didn't realize it's still my PJs on you know. I, I don't know. But anyway, so it's a shameless plug at getting horny thirteen year olds. I guess uh, I'm a three and a three. No, a three. <laughs> Waited to a three. No. What's uh, yeah. score? I I I I don't know. <laughs> Wow, a blank for the first time. We're making C don't see history. Uh, okay, I'll put you as a zero. Um, no, I'll say yeah. Uh, if it's Angelina Jolie, I'm going to say it's a uh, a one. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, like I'm a warm blooded male. Yeah, I'm right. a one as well. Yeah. Um, all right. Lastly, uh, all you know about the movie is it could feature like a race of like winged. I don't know. Are they fairies? I don't even know. Wing beasts, wing fairies. Like that's sort of like in the movie, and you get lots of CGI flying creatures flying around. Uh, see or don't see? Yeah, I'm probably a. I don't know. <laughs> probably a negative one on that. Okay, I'm a minus two, and I'm giving mine a weight of two on that. That matters. Uh, okay, well, our scores are very interesting. <laughs> Uh, you have a score of nine over seven categories. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, Michelle, you got nine out of Michelle oh. Pfeiffer alone. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's three times three. You get nine. So literally, like, all of my scores, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> right, right. You're there. And you know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> and, I have a, yeah, and I have a zero. So I was in the pauses for a while, but the wing beast really just uh, didn't uh, push me away from the movies. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're you're in. You're in this movie, and I'm not. I'm in on Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay, I got two bonus questions. Uh, first, uh, if somehow this movie was in the Conjuring universe, uh, would you be more or less interested in, in seeing this? I mean, Maleficent could, <laughs> Maleficent could be in the Conjuring universe. I mean, you not... and the Conjuring universe. <laughs> Look, everything else is. My goodness. Why can't, why can't this movie be, be in it? Uh, I would be more interested. Yeah, you know, yes, and actually, I would be too. Maleficent would be an interesting. I would be so curious. <laughs> so, what in the world is going on? All right. Uh, next, uh, this is more for me than you. But if Ebony Maw was the villain, uh, it's uh, <laughs> in, in this. Would you make you more or less uh, interested? Uh, I love the, I love your uh, your standing for Ebony Maw. I, I haven't brought him up in a while. This is I know, so... I know, I know. I, it's it's an enduring. Um, it's bond. a Disney movie, so it, I mean, they could just you know b- drop him in here. I mean, there's no nothing saying it couldn't. It's and, an uh, enduring bond between the two. <laughs> He'd be good foil for uh, Maleficent. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see. Or, or uh, yeah, or or sidekick. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> right, true. Uh I'd be slightly more interested. No, I'd be way, way. way I know more. you would. Yeah. <laughs> three and three. Okay. Uh let's get to so we'll we'll do box office uh, predictions uh at the end of this podcast. Uh let's get to Zombie Land Double Tap, which is um the sequel to the first Zombie Land, which came out in 2009, which was earlier than I thought. It's funny. I thought this came out in 12 for some reason, but uh, mm. no, it it's been is, a long time. It's been a long time. Um, 10 years is long for a sequel. In fact, let's start there as a talking point. Um, mm. So this is, it's actually not, uh, there's actually been movies with a lot longer than 10 years between the first movie and the sequel. Mm. And the track record is not great. Not uh, great. No, it's not great. And actually, we had one last year, which was uh, Mary Poppins, which actually set the record um, for the longest uh, time, because that came out in 64, and and the sequel came out in 2018, so that was uh, 54 years (laughs) between the original and the sequel. Um, And some other movies of more recent, of interest, 
uh, of relevance, I should say. We had Escape from New York. Uh, went from Escape to L.A. That was yes. 15 years. Um, not terrible. Surfing I mean, <laughs> Snake Plissken. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, we had Tron. Uh, that was... Yep. That was almost 30 years. Yes. So, And then we had Psycho to Psycho 2, which was 23 years. We had Wall Street to Wall Street 2. That was also 23 years. Um, the Hustler uh, was 25 years. That was 61 mm. years. Uh, we Anchorman. Oh, what was that? Yeah, how Anchorman long was that? Was, uh, Anchorman came out in two thousand four. Yeah, and two came out at seventeen. Anchorman two. Uh, two thousand thirteen. Anchorman two is two thousand thirteen. Yep. Wow. Okay. Wow, I thought that was a lot more recent than that. So okay, that was so actually nine years. years. Yeah. Maltese Zool- Falcon. Oh, Zoolander. Oh, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Zoolander 2001, Zoolander 2, 2016. Yeah, that's 15 years. So not a great track record. <laughs> um, so my question for you, Ken, is uh, sh- should we have a uh, like a five-year limit on sequels? So like, if you if you take more than five years to make a sequel, either you're banned from doing it or you have I to think, reimagine it. Or no, like, I, think, <laughs> I think there needs to be like an advisory board <laughs> where you have to, like, if you're going to do a sequel to a movie, that's more than five years old. You have to go up before the committee, and if you can't, if you're, if that committee says no, you don't do it. Okay. And I'm not talking. Uh, well, I would be on it. Oh right, right, of course. And I would, mm, yeah, I'm not going to put you on that board. What? I you're you're too tough of a grader. You're no, too, uh... that, that that's good. You should have tough. <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. <laughs> I would not have permitted Zombieland two to uh, to to occur. Uh, so you would you would say no to Zombieland? You would yes. have said no to Zombieland too. For yeah. me, it it would depend. Um, the obviously, the jury is still out on this the sequel. Um, everybody is back basically, even behind the camera. So I I guess that's encouraging. Um, yeah, but the reason, yeah, but that the game reason- gives me gives me pause yeah the the reason i wouldn't greenlit it is actually might not be for the reason you think because i just think it was a very it's a very different zombie landscape in 2009 uh than it is in 2019 i um zombies have gotten much darker and grittier and walking dead has definitely dominated that space Mm -hmm. and you could argue that well that we need a more lighthearted, um you know uh, escapade so to speak but it's just i don't i'd be curious i wasn't Again, the Zombie Land. I didn't care for Zombie Land, but it wasn't a movie for me. I don't think. I think it was fine as a movie. Um, just didn't really appeal to me. So I'm not the I'm not the perfect person to answer this. But I'd be curious how it fits in 2019 versus how it fit in 2009. It was right up my alley. Yes. Yes. That movie. I loved it. <laughs> and you want to go into uh, why uh, why you loved it? I mean, the 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 Bill Murray cameo was. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much all i needed but um, okay all right. <laughs> i mean so not, that, not that i mean your I'm Ghostbusters joking, like, fan fanboyism yes yeah. yeah i mean just the that that was a great that whole that everything about it sure even even when when he dies and right you know emma stone starts laughing and she's like he, he gets me uh, i love that i and and yeah i'm a big emma stone fan too and right I, I thought Woody Harrelson's Tallahassee was a great character, and he he and uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Columbus were good, kind of like oil and water uh, pairing. Yeah, I have to say, I really I'm liking Eisenberg more and more. Um, I found him very irritating and annoying early on in his career. Yeah. But really, I, I actually really look forward to kind of seeing what he's doing. I wish it wasn't this movie, but. Um, I'm still I'm still amazed Woody Harrelson's still getting like lead roles um, in 2019. Really, um, I just think his shtick is kind of tired, and um, you know it's not just this one. He was the lead in that Planet, uh, the third Planet of the Apes movie fairly recently, and he had a huge role in um, the Hunger Games. And I don't know, I just well, I mean, yeah, he he does. So um, he was. Let's see, uh, Solo, Star Wars story. I thought he was fine. Uh, definitely not the you know, biggest problem with that movie. Uh, I really loved him in Three Billboards Outside Emming, Missouri. Um, True Detective, obviously. Um, Seven Psychopaths. So yeah, like the. 
I like him in the the quirkier, uh, less uh, main. Oh, did you see Edge of Seventeen, where he was the uh, high school teacher? No, no. no. Oh, he's really good in that movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, so you're perfectly fine with him opening movies for the next uh, five to ten years to come. That's, that's what that's what I, I'm hearing. <laughs> I love you. I love when you put words in my mouth. I do. I do. I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> Uh, do you just so just to get a sense of your love for Zombieland? Um, d- where does it fall in your favorite zombie movies? You know, oh, good question. I should have expected this one. Um, I just thought of it. So yeah. <laughs> now you keep yelling at me for now. I'm like, well, some you know, I'm having an extemporaneous conversation. So. I mean, I, I would put it uh, <laughs> below Shaun of the Dead. Um, but I think it, I, for me, it's still it's up there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my um, again, I don't watch a lot of zombie movies. Um, I like Twenty Eight Days Later. I thought that was that's yeah. Like uh, the zombies have to be moving fast for me to really feel like oh, really? tense. Yeah, and, and which is very contrary to I think most zombie fans' mm-hmm. opinion. Um, I just if they're slow walking, there's just not. I'm more bored by it than scared by it. And um, but when they're like frantically racing and moving, that's terrifying to me. That's terrifying. Um, and that's okay. what gets my interest. Uh, Walking Dead is a notable exception to that because A, it's a TV show, but B, I think there's other things going on and that's obviously not just the whole plot of the movie. Um, but I think that's also done much more effectively than most other zombie movies. But uh, Anything else on Double Tap? Uh, so I'm looking at some of the other zombie movies that have come out kind of recently. Uh, World War Z, I like it better than that. Um I know. I liked World War Z more than most. It was, more than it was, those, it was yeah, it was, it was, it was decent. Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, I'm actually a big fan of the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I never saw that. Really? No. Oh. I don't, That's I really, I, I really don't watch some, most, most zombie movies. So, okay. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed World War Z cause I had no idea what the book was about, which I think was uh, sort of the, the, the defining line between people that liked it and people that did not like it. <laughs> War, warm bodies is a, 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 a Zom rom-com. Right. Right. <laughs> and I actively avoid those like the, players. Oh, that was actually a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I know. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't <laughs> get it. But anything else, no. uh, anything else before we get to see, don't see. Let's get to see, don't see. Okay. Okay. First, uh, Zombieland franchise. All you know about the movie is it is in the Zombieland franchise. See or don't see? Uh, I'm going to give that a two. Okay. And I would I would weight that as a two as well, I Ooh, think. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I am a minus two, and I will weight that a two as well. Wow. I think this is going to be a very interesting scene, MC. <laughs> uh, Woody Harrelson, all you know about the movie is he is starring in, in the movie. Uh, I'd give that a one. Okay. I am minus two as well, with a weight of three. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, I'll probably go with a one on that as well. Um, he kind of... You know, like I said before, he, he kind of depends on the role that he's doing. Right. Uh, he can run hot and cold for me. Right. But um, if he's doing it, it, there's probably a good chance that it could be interesting. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I'm a three. Wow. Yeah. I really, I really like even that dopey magic movie. Like I really enjoy oh. watching it. He's entertaining in that. Oh, like, I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's also had Woody Harrelson in it. Right, right, and the sequel, uh, like the sequel is abominable, and yeah, he's oh my God. he's still kind of fun. Right, oh yeah, Woody Harrelson was in that too. Yes, <laughs> what's that? I hated those movies. Now really? You see yeah. me. Well, I, uh, I I like magicians and magic tricks and stuff. So if we did see don't see on that, magic tricks would get like a three on me. You know, whatever. Okay. Uh, I am a weight of two on my Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, uh, Emma Stone. Uh three weight of three. Yeah. All right. Um, I I am a fan of Emma Stone as well. Uh, I wish she did more interesting stuff lately. At least interesting to me. (laughs) Um, She's done a lot of interesting stuff. Well, like what? Favorite. Oh well, yeah. I mean, you know, interesting to you. 
movies for general population, I guess, is what is what I'm getting at. But uh, I'm a two. I'm a two on her, and wait, it is a one. Uh, Abigail Breslin. Uh, I haven't seen much of her stuff recently, but I was a fan of her when she was uh, a child actor. Um, I'll, I'll say a, I don't know, a, a one. Okay, I'm a zero on that. Uh, Rosario Dawson. I like her as an actress. Um, but yeah, nothing like sticks out much to me about her. Okay. Her roles, so I'll say a zero. Okay, I'm a zero as well. Uh, last one. Uh, all you know about the movie is movie deals with killing zombies in increasingly hilarious fashion. Uh, see, mm. Don't see. I do like killing zombies in increasingly hilarious fashion. <laughs> I will give that a three, but I'll keep it weighted as a one. Okay, uh, I am minus one. Um, possible weighted two. Nah, just one. Uh, okay. Wow. Okay. These scores are interesting. Very uh, different. You, <laughs> uh, you have a score of 19. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so you are in. You, you are I'm in. in. Too. I am minus three. I am minus three over seven categories. And I am, I am out. I am, I am mostly out on that. All right. Uh, two bonus questions for you. Uh, if time travel were involved uh, in this movie, they went back in time. Maybe it went forward in time for some reason or other. Forward in time would make more well, sense, I would think. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they go back eventually to try and stop the zombie outbreak. I don't know. Mm. But, uh, uh, more or less interesting. Mm, probably less, actually. Oh, re- really? Yeah, I don't. Uh, although we're both time zombie, travel fans. Yeah. Zombie and time travel has. has very rarely have ever been crossed over. I know it's time. So maybe, maybe yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe zombie might, three. Yeah. You might actually be onto something. So I'll be, I, oh, I'd I say am. a little more interested. I'm I'm definitely onto something, and uh, I am way more interested. Uh, that sounds like it could either be a really good movie or something you'd see on sci-fi. <laughs> I, sci-fi I'm now. fine with either. That's fine. Sci-fi is sci-fi is an interesting channel. You got quality programming. Uh, last one. If they announced, um, if they announced before this movie came out that there would be two additional sequels to this, so like like oh. Avatar, like they're already, <laughs> oh yeah, we're making Zombieland, double tap, triple tap, and quadruple tap, uh, all at the same time, filmed all at the same time. Are you more wow. or less interested? I would be more interested, <laughs> if okay. only because the fact that they were making three more movies or, or three sequels. And they had all been greenlit. Would would like I feel like that would mean something. Yeah, right. Like there there had to have been like something worthwhile for that to happen. Right, right. Yeah, you think because comedies like that don't usually get, you know, they really get a sequel, let alone three right greenlit right. at the same time. So yeah, uh, I'm. I don't think it. Uh, I think it amplifies if I'm already interested. Um, uh, other than that, it wouldn't make me go from less interested to more interested. So I think uh, that's actually not really an answer to the question, but um, in a way it is. So I guess I'm neither uh, until I know my interest. Uh, one 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 category I should have put in Zombieland, see or don't see. Um, all you know about the movie is instead of calling it just Zombieland 2 or you know, X Movie 2, it has some other like subtitle to the movie. Like so Double Tap. Right, okay. like Double Tap, for example. Uh, see or don't see, based off of... We, just, you know, we, we, we deal with this with um, John Wick, you know, Parabellum. Or Parabellum right, Parabellum. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh... <laughs> the fact that it's Double Tap, does that make... Wait, does so that... was this a category or just a bonus question? Uh, it's technically see or don't see, but it could be, you know... It's okay, um... I mean the the part of me that likes everything like neat and orderly wants it to say like Zombieland One, Zombieland Two, you know, um, right. like it bugs me that uh, if I were to actually alphabetize the Avengers movies, like <laughs> Endgame would be out of place right. as opposed to just being like the fourth one. Right. right. Um, but yeah, I I, I kind of like it when they get like, especially when they get weird and and they have like either a double on not necessarily double entendre but like double like 
more meaning to like multiple meanings. Right. So I'm I'm down for that. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, see or don't see. You didn't give an answer. Uh, I. Oh, I didn't. Oh, right. Uh, yes, I am way more interested. If they if they apply some creativity uh, to it rather than just stamping a two on it, mm-hmm. um, then they're putting some thought into it, and so I will like, give it thought. Die hard, it. die harder. <laughs> well, you know how much I love Too Fast, Too Furious, Too Fast, and, uh, Too Furious, <laughs> and Faster or whatever fast, you know. Fa- fast fa- Five, fa- Fate of the Furious. Right, that's that was a creative one. See, I, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. All right, uh, let's do Rotten Tomato review. There are no reviews out for Zombieland: A Double Tap, which is of some concern uh, for Mr. Jones, who has the movie on his fancy box office roster. Um, so, but there are reviews for Maleficent, and right now we are standing at. So we just do a refresh. Get the latest and greatest. Fifty percent, fifty percent positive, which is right around where the first one was. Um, and so, I'll read a couple reviews here. Uh, let me find the one. Uh, we'll start with positive uh, from Joe Lipset from Anatomy of a Scream. I love, I, I love all these websites. That um, ever since they expanded their critic pool, I mean, there mm. there are some really <laughs> uh, niche websites on here. Right. Um, despite the five years between films, Maleficent: Mistress of Evil is a worthy sequel that should appease fans of the first film, particularly its core teen female dem- uh, demographic. Uh, so there you go. Um, a negative review from Richard Lawson from Vanity Fair, and its earnest evocation of so many horrors. And if so many hard-won triumphs against poisoned power structures, the movie does have a salient weight to it. I just don't know if this is the right vessel for all of that heaviness. And then uh, another one from Sarah Muse Nikki from Nightmarish Conjurings. Uh, is ultimately a better film than its predecessor, but is weighed down by too many plot points and not enough of Maleficent herself. Mm, so we might be getting those winged beasts. Uh, might be getting big. Uh, maybe a lot of Michelle Pfeiffer instead. I don't know. We'll, uh, I'll get Ken out to the theater a lot faster. <laughs> There's a Den of Geek one that's uh, negative. As much as Angelina Jolie and Michelle Pfeiffer squaring off holds appeal, Maleficent Mistress of Evil falls solidly into the terrain of quote-unquote sequel that no one but accountants asked for. <laughs> This this sequel did come out of nowhere because yeah I, our impression my impression watching the first was okay that was fine I mean I didn't care for most of it but Jilly was good and the story ends at a point where okay you know that could, right. you know that could segue into whatever and uh, it was certainly not sort like oh my god I gotta have more of this universe I need more you know it wasn't, wasn't mm. one of those uh, wasn't one of those I don't think um so all right let's get to some box office predictions um. So let's start with Maleficent. And so tracking on this has been pretty steady. Um, we're seeing ranges anywhere from 35 to even as high as 60. I'm seeing so it's a fairly big spread. Boxoffice.com wow. uh, has this has a range a little bit narrower between 40 and 55. Uh, they're projecting an opening right at 40 million uh, with some possible upside. Uh, Ken, we'll start with you. What is your prediction? I'm going to say 43.5. Okay. Yeah, I I really want to go low on this. Um, I'm actually thinking this might overperform slightly. That's Um, where I'm thinking. That's why I won with that number. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, again, it's just outside of Dumbo, you just go broke betting against Disney. Um, so, I, true. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, again, we didn't talk about this initially. Again, it cracks me up that this is called, speaking of like um, sequel subtitles, you know, like Double Tab, this is called Mistress of Evil when the first movie went out of its way to say she's not that evil, maybe, or at least if she is evil, it's not her fault. You know, kind of thing. Well, she's not evil in this. She's just the mistress <laughs> yeah, right. of evil. Oh, I see. There you go. There you go. Uh, so I'm she's still... not married to evil. <laughs> she... She's just the mistress oh, of evil. It's an old. It's a. Uh, it's it's an old Adam Carolla joke where it's like you love to see how they shoehorn like the title of the movie into the plot. So that would be a hilarious <laughs> shoehorn if like Michelle Pfeiffer calls her. 
You are so you are mistress, right? <laughs> if they did, if they shoehorn that, I would go see. I would go see it. <laughs> you are mistress of evil and maleficent. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little higher than you. I'm gonna go 46, 46 million. Um, yeah, I, 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 the first one really surprised me at the box office. Um, we should say that opened in 2019 dollars close to 70 million. Oh, wow. Uh, so which was, which was surprising, you know, at the time and, uh, had a very lengthy run finished around 240 million, I believe in 2019 dollars. I'm sorry, 260 million in 2019 dollars and opened at 75 million, um, 2019. So, very strong run. I think you know they're still good. I think the movie is good enough. That I don't think it turned people, you know, the, the appropriate uh, fan base off. So yeah, I'm gonna go 46. So we don't have Rotten Tomato for Zombieland two. Do I give any guesses where we think that's gonna land? Uh, I mean, I want it to be high because I have it on my movie <laughs> roster. But uh, yeah, the fact that it's, there's not even like a trickle of any like releases uh, for reviews yet gives me a little pause so i'm gonna go slightly lower than i want and i'm gonna say like maybe right around 60 percent, maybe slightly below yeah i think mm, uh, that's that's right about where i was gonna go is pretty critic friendly because it's not taking the subject matter too seriously it's first one was 90 percent. yeah no they really liked it yeah um because again, it's uh, the critics really like movies that don't take itself too seriously, and I, this and movie looks similar with, in vain. Yeah, yeah that has fun with have fun with the genre. And... Yeah, so I, I'm gonna go a little bit higher. We go like 66. percent I think I think it's gonna be you know, generally well received. Uh, box office wise, uh, do you have your guess for Zombieland written down? Um, you're gonna <laughs> pick where you're gonna stick by, no matter what my guess is. Uh, I haven't actually made a guess yet, so do you want me to? You're going for then. You're going. First. You want me to go first? Yes, yes. <laughs> so the first one opened to like 24 million. Yeah. Uh, what would that have been in 2019 dollars? Mm, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 30. I'm gonna say 32 million. Two million. Okay. I'm going so again. The range, you know, range has generally been mid to high twenties. Uh, box office projecting thirty, possibly as high as thirty-four. Um, I, I'm going a little bit lower on that. I I think ten years is a little much on the sequel. Um, is a little long for the sequel to kind of retain box office. And again, I think it's a different zombie movie landscape now than it was ten years ago. Uh, I'm going to go twenty. Seven million. That was the number I'd written down. So, uh, what was the number? I'm sorry. What number did you go? Thirty-two. I said thirty-two. I'm going twenty-seven. All right. Well, so there you have it. Um, I, I'm, I'm still really bummed that we don't really have much in terms of horror movies coming out in October. Um, we've discussed a couple of times. The next true horror movie coming out is Doctor Sleep in November. I really wish that was coming out this week or, or even next week. Um, because it's just not October without a good mm. Howie movie. Um, but oh well, uh, we'll take Maleficent, Mistress of Evil instead in Zombieland. Um, let's see, got anything to plug? Uh, no, I'll be going to see. Uh, it's been a little dry recently. Uh, work's been kind of kicking my butt. Um, so I didn't get to the theater last weekend. I am planning to see Zombieland this weekend, though. So I will be writing about that. Okay. Very good. Uh, so make sure, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your your, uh, your podcast from. Leave a nice comment. Uh, if you're if you're watching this on or listening to this on onstageblog.com, leave us a nice comment and tell us how much you like it. Go follow us uh, on screen at um, on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well. I am Greg E three 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 Ken Jones eighty one. Mm hmm. Uh, you may get a little bit more than movie talk from us, but uh, you may get a little annoying p- p- Pat's talk from Ken. and A lot uh, of annoying you know. <laughs> Pat's talk from Ken. Undefeated, baby! That's right, but uh, we uh, you know, we talk a lot about movies on there as well. And uh, make sure you check out the Onstage Blog Podcast Network for all sorts of podcasts. I think we have over a dozen podcasts right now. Um, if you love uh, movie musicals, you can t- check out the movie musical Shakedown uh, with Chris Peterson. 
and uh, lots of other good content on there, uh, from ranging from movies to theater to Broadway to musicals. Uh, check it all out. No need to go anywhere else but the Onstage Bod Podcast Network. All right. Uh, so again, if you're going to see the movies, if you're if you haven't seen Joker, go see Joker. Uh, go see. Want need something to take your kids to? Go see the Adams Family. If you're looking for the new releases, go see uh, Zombie Land or Maleficent. Uh, don't go see. Ge- yeah, don't go see Gemini Man. Um, just uh, just don't waste your time. So we will be back in two weeks when Terminator Dark Fate comes out, along with a few other movies. Um, I think we're only going to be talking about Terminator Dark Fate. I, I, I can't imagine. You don't want to do like we did about- with Avengers and do two weeks worth of talk previewing Terminator Dark Fate? <laughs> 15 categories, see or don't see on Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, I don't think we're going to be previewing Motherless Brooklyn. I'm sorry, Ed Norton fans. I just, I, I that's, <laughs> look, I'll just tell you right now, but minus three, like across the board. <laughs> uh, I saw it. It's not that bad. It's, yeah, I know. But it's I mean, not like, great, but it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Let me see. It's a, let me it's a show, throwback movie. Let me show up 15 bucks to see Ed Norton brood for two hours. That's, uh, that's, that's what I want to see. Um, yeah, Harriet. Yeah. So I think, I think we'll just be previewing Dark Fate in two weeks. Um, so that should be that should be an interesting one. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some reviews uh, of that movie by then. I expect them yeah. to be poor uh, for the movie's sake. I hope it's good, but you know, well, you know something. Point, November is is busy, very busy. Yeah, we're Man, gonna have a busy. Is... <laughs> we're gonna have a busy November. Yeah, it's good, and uh, luckily, we're only doing one movie. On the on uh, in two weeks, I think after that will be it might be some extra. Are we gonna do? Are we gonna do? Are we gonna do Doctor Sleep, Last Christmas, and Midway on November eighth? You're gonna have to stay tuned and find out. Oh boy, (laughs) I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Join us us and join us back in two weeks for Terminator Dark Fate for Ken Jones. This is Greg Earhart. Uh, Enjoy the movies, everyone. Adios.